Parashah 14, Exodus 6-2, Happy New Year. God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am Adonai. I appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as El Shaddai, although I did not make myself known to them by my name, Adonai. Also with them I established my covenant to give them the land of Canaan the land where they wandered about and lived as foreigners. Moreover, I have heard the groaning of the people of Israel, whom the Egyptians are keeping in slavery, and I have remembered my covenant. Therefore, say to the people of Israel, I am Adonai. I will free you from the forced labor of the Egyptians, rescue you from their oppression, and redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments. I will take you as my people, and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am Adonai your God, who freed you from the forced labor of the Egyptians. I will bring you into the land which I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I will give it to you as your inheritance. I am Adonai. Moses said this to the people of Israel, but they wouldn't listen to him because they were so discouraged and their slavery was so cruel. Adonai said to Moses, Go in and tell Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, to let the people of Israel leave his land. And Moses said to Adonai, Look, the people of Israel haven't listened to me, so how will Pharaoh listen to me, poor speaker that I am? But Adonai spoke to Moses and Aaron and gave them orders concerning both the people of Israel and Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to bring the people of Israel out of the land of Egypt. These were the heads of their families, the sons of Reuben, the firstborn of Israel, were Henoch, Palu, Hetron, and Carmi. These were the families of Reuben. The sons of Simon were Jamul, Jamin, Ohad, Yakin, Futzer, Shaul, and the son of Canaan of a Canaanite women. These were the families of Simon. <clears throat> These are the names of the sons of Levi with their descendants, Gershon, Gahat, and Merari. Levi lived to be 137 years old. The sons of Gershon were Labini and Simon with their families. The sons of Gahat were Amram, Yitzar, Hebron, and Uziel. Gahat lived to be 133 years old. The sons of Merari were Machli and Mushi. These were the families of Levite with their descendants. Amram married Yochaved, his father's sister, and she bore him Aaron and Moses. <coughs> Amram lived to be 137 years old, and the sons of Yitzar and Korach, Neglik and Shitzar, the sons of Uziel, were Mishel. Alzaphan and Zitri. Aaron named Elishavas, daughter of Amivida and sister of Nachshon, and she bore him Nadav, Abiu, Alada, 
and Itamar. The sons of Korach were Isar, Elkanah, and Abiasaf. These were the Kohai family, and Eleazar, the son of Aaron, married one of the daughters of the Putil, and she bore him Pincus. These were the heads of the families of Levi, family by family. These are the Aaron and Moses, to whom Adonai said, Bring the people of Israel out of the land of Egypt, division by division. And who told Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to let the people of Israel leave Egypt? These are the same Moses and Aaron. On the day when Adonai spoke to Moses in the land of Egypt, he said, I am Adonai, tell Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, everything I say to you. Moses answered Adonai, Look, I'm such a poor speaker that Pharaoh won't listen to me. But Adonai said to Moses, I have put you in the place of God to Pharaoh, and Aaron, your brother, will be your prophet. You are to say everything I order you, and Aaron, your brother, is to speak to Pharaoh and tell him to let the people of Israel leave his land. But I will make him hard-hearted. Even though I will increase my signs and wonders in the land of Egypt, Pharaoh will not listen to you. Then I will lay my hand on Egypt and bring my armies, my people, the sons of Israel, out of the land of Egypt with great acts of judgment. Then when I stretch out my hand over Egypt and bring the people of Israel out from among them, the Egyptians will know that I am Adonai. Moses and Aaron did exactly what Adonai ordered them to do. Moses was 80 years old and Aaron 83 when they spoke to Pharaoh. Adonai said to Moses and Aaron, when Pharaoh says to you, perform a miracle, tell Aaron to take his staff and throw it down in front of Pharaoh so that it can become a snake. Moses and Aaron went into Pharaoh and did this as Adonai had ordered, and Aaron threw down his staff in front of Pharaoh and his servants, and it turned into a snake. But Pharaoh, in turn, called for the sages and the sorcerers, and they too, the magicians of Egypt, did the same thing, making use of their secret arts. Each one threw his staff down, and they turned into snakes. But Aaron's staff swallowed up theirs. Nevertheless, Pharaoh was made hard-hearted, and he didn't listen to them as Adonai had said would happen. Adonai said to Moses, <coughs> Excuse me, Pharaoh is stubborn. He refuses to let the people go. Go to Pharaoh in the morning when he goes out to the water. Stand on the river bank and confront him. Take in your hand the staff, which I, which was turned into a snake, and say to him, Adonai, the God of the Hebrews, sent me to you to say, Let my people go, so that they can worship me in the desert. But until now you haven't listened. So Adonai says, This will let you know that I am Adonai. I will take the staff in my hand and strike the water in the river, and it will be turned to blood. The fish in the river will die, the river will stink, and the Egyptians won't want to drink water from the river. 
Adonai said to Moses, Say to Aaron, Take your staff, reach out your hand over the waters of Egypt, over their rivers, canals, ponds, and all their reservoirs, so that they can turn into blood. There will be blood throughout the whole land of Egypt, even in the wooden buckets and stone jars. Moses and Aaron did exactly what Adonai had ordered, and he raised the staff and in the sight of Pharaoh and his servants struck the water in the river, and all the water in the river was turned into blood. The fish in the river died, and the river stank so badly that the Egyptians couldn't drink its water. There was blood throughout all the land of Egypt. But the magicians of Egypt did the same with their secret arts, so that Pharaoh was made hard-hearted and didn't listen to them, as Adonai had said would happen. Pharaoh just turned and went back to his palace without taking any of this to heart. All the Egyptians dug around the river for water to drink because they couldn't drink the river water. Seven days after Adonai had struck the river, Adonai said to Moses, Go in to Pharaoh and say to him, Here's what Adonai says. Let my people go so that they can worship me. If you refuse to let them go, I will strike all your territory with frogs. The river will swarm with frogs. They will go up. They will go up, enter your palace, and go into your bedroom, onto your bed. They will enter the houses of the servants and your people, and go into your ovens and netting bowls. The frogs will climb all over you, your people, and your servants. Adonai said to Moses, Say to Aaron, Reach out your hand with your staff over the rivers, canals, and ponds, and cause frogs to come up onto the land of Egypt. Aaron put out his hands over the waters of Egypt, and the frogs came up and covered the land of Egypt. But the magicians did the same with their secret arts and brought up frogs onto the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh summons Moses and Aaron and said, Intercede with Adonai to make the frogs go away from me and my people, and I will let the people go and sacrifice to Adonai. And Moses said to Pharaoh, Not only that, but you can have the honor of naming the time when I will pray for you and your servants and your people to be rid of the frogs, both yourselves and your homes, and they stay only in the river. He answered, Tomorrow. And Moses said, It will be as you have said. And from this you will learn that Adonai, our God, has no equal. The frogs will leave you and your homes, also your servants and your people. They will stay in the river only. And Moses and Aaron left Pharaoh's presence. Then Moses cried to Adonai about the frogs he had brought on Pharaoh. Adonai did as Moses had asked. The frogs died in the houses, courtyards, and fields. They gathered them in heaps till the land stank. But when Pharaoh saw that he had been given some relief, he made himself hard-hearted and would not listen to them, just as Adonai said would happen. Adonai said to Moses, Say to Aaron, Reach out with your staff and strike the dust on the ground, and it will become lice throughout the land of Egypt. They did it. 
Aaron reached out his hand with his staff and struck the dust on the ground. And there were lice on people and animals. All the dust on the ground became lice throughout the whole land of Egypt. The magicians tried with their secret arts to produce lice, but they couldn't. There were lice on people and animals. Then the magicians said to Pharaoh, This is the finger of God. But Pharaoh was made hard-hearted so that he didn't listen to them, just as Adonai said what happened. Adonai said to Moses, Get up early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh when he goes out to the water and say to him, Here is what Adonai says, Let my people go so that they can worship me. Otherwise, if you won't let my people go, I will send swarms of insects on you, your servants and your people, and into your houses. The houses of Egyptians will be full of swarms of insects, and likewise the ground they stand on. But I will set apart the land of Goshen, where my people live. No swarms of insects will be there, so that you can realize that I am Adonai right here in the land. Yes, I will distinguish between my people and your people, and this sign will happen by tomorrow. And Adonai did it. Terrible swarms of insects went into Pharaoh's palace and into all the servants' houses. The insects ruined the Egyptians' land of Egypt. Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said, Go and sacrifice to your God in the land. But Moses replied, It would be inappropriate for us to do that because the animal we sacrifice to Adonai our God is an abomination to the Egyptians. Won't the Egyptians stone us to death if before their very eyes we sacrifice what they consider an abomination? No, we will go three days' journey into the desert and sacrifice to Adonai our God as he has ordered us to do. Pharaoh said, I will let you go so that you can sacrifice to Adonai your God in the desert, only you are not to go very far away. Intercede on my behalf. Moses said, All right, I am going away from you, and I will intercede with Adonai, so that tomorrow the swarms of insects will leave Pharaoh, his servants, and his people. Just make sure that Pharaoh stops playing games with the people by preventing them from going and sacrificing to Adonai. Moses left Pharaoh and interceded with Adonai. And Adonai did what Moses had asked. He removed the swarms of insects from Pharaoh, his servants, and his people. Not one remained. But this time, too, Pharaoh made himself stubborn and didn't let the people go. Then Adonai said to Moses, Go to Pharaoh and tell him, Here's what Adonai, the God of the Hebrews, says. Let my people go so that they can worship me. If you refuse to let them go and persist in holding on to them, the hand of Adonai is on your livestock in the field, on the horses, donkeys, camels, cattle, and flocks, and will make them suffer a devastating illness. But Adonai will distinguish between Egypt and Israel's livestock. Nothing belonging to the people of Israel will die. Adonai determined the exact time by saying, Tomorrow, Adonai will do this in the land. The following day, Adonai did it. All the livestock of Egypt died, 
but not one of the animals belonging to the people of Israel died. Pharaoh investigated and found that not even one of the animals of the people of Israel had died. Nevertheless, Pharaoh's heart remained stubborn, and he didn't let the people go. Adonai said to Moses and Aaron, Take handfuls of ashes from a kiln, and let Moses throw them in the air before Pharaoh's eyes. They will turn into fine dust over all the land of Egypt and before and become infected sores on the men and animals throughout Egypt. So they took ashes from a kiln and stood in front of Pharaoh and threw them in the air, and they became infected sores on men and animals. The magicians couldn't even stand in Moses' presence because of the sores, which were on them as well as on the other Egyptians. But Adonai made Pharaoh hard-hearted so that he didn't listen to them, just as Adonai had said to Moses. Adonai said to Moses, Get up early in the morning, stand before Pharaoh, and say to him, Here is what Adonai says. Let my people go so that they can worship me. For this time I will inflict my plagues on you, yourself, and on your officials and your people, so that you will realize that I am without equal in all the earth. By now I could have stretched out my hand and struck you and your people with such severe plagues that you would have been wiped off the earth. But it is for this very reason that I have kept you alive, to show you my power, and so setting yourself up against my people and not letting them go. Tomorrow about this time I will cause a hailstorm so heavy that Egypt has had nothing like it from the day it was founded until now. Therefore, send and hurry to bring indoors all your livestock and everything else you have in the field. For hail will fall on every human being and animal left in the field that hasn't been brought home, and they will die. Whoever among Pharaoh's servants feared what Adonai had said had his slaves and livestock escape into the houses. But those who had not, no regard for what Adonai had said left their slaves and livestock in the field. Adonai said to Moses, Reach out with your hand toward the sky, so there will be hail in all the land of Egypt, falling on people, animals, and everything growing in the field throughout the land of Egypt. Moses reached out with his staff toward the sky, and Adonai sent thunder and hail, and fire ran down to the earth. Adonai caused it to hail on the land of Egypt. It hailed, and fire flashed up with the hail. It was terrible worse than any hailstorm in all of Egypt since it became a nation. Throughout all the land of Egypt, the hail struck everything in the field, people and animals, and the hail struck every plant growing in the field and broke every tree there. But in the land of Goshen, where the people of Israel were, there was no hail. Pharaoh summons Moses and Aaron and said to them, This time I have sinned. Adonai is in the right. I and my people are in the wrong. Intercede with Adonai. We can't take any more of this terrible thunder and hail, and I will let you go. You 
will stay no longer. Moses said to him, As soon as I have gone out of the city, I will spread out my hands to Adonai. The thunder will end and there won't be any more hail, so that you can know that the earth belongs to Adonai. But you and your servants, I know, are still... You still won't fear Adonai God. The flax and the barley were ruined because the barley was ripe and the flax in bud. But the wheat and the buckwheat were not ruined because they come up later. Moses went out of the city away from Pharaoh and spread out his hands to Adonai. The thunder and hail ended and the rain stopped pouring down on the earth. When Pharaoh saw that the rain, hail, and thunder had ended, he sinned still more by making himself hard-hearted, he and his servants. Pharaoh was made hard-hearted, and he didn't let the people of Israel go, just as Adonai had said through Moses. And then we have Ezekiel 28, 25 through 29, 21. And that's page 678. Adonai Elohim says, Once I have gathered the house of Israel from the peoples among whom they are scattered, once I have shown my holiness in them as the Goyim watch, then they will live in their own land, which I gave to my servant Jacob. They will have security when they live there, building houses and planting vineyards. Yes, they will live in safety once I have executed judgments against all their contemptuous neighbors. Then they will know that I am Adonai their God. On the twelfth day of the tenth month of the twelfth year, the word of Adonai came to me. Human being... Turn your face against Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Prophesy against him and against all Egypt. Speak out and say that Adonai Elohim says, I am against you, Pharaoh, king of Egypt. You big crocodile lying in the streams of the Nile. You say, my Nile is mine. I made it for myself, but I will put hooks in your jaws and make your Nile fish stick to your scales. Yes, I will bring you up from your Nile with all your Nile fish sticking to your scales and leave you in the desert, you and all your Nile fish. You will fall in the open field and not be gathered or buried but I will give you as food to wild animals and birds. Then all who live in Egypt will know that I am Adonai because they have been a support made of straw for the house of Israel. When they grasped you in hand, you splintered and threw all their shoulders out of joint. When they leaned on you, you broke and made them all wrench their backs. Therefore Adonai Elohim says, I will bring the sword against you and eliminate both your people and your animals. The land of Egypt will become a desolate waste and they will know that I am Adonai because he said, the Nile is mine, I made it. 
So I am against you in your Nile, and I will make the land of Egypt a totally desolate waste from Migdal to Savin, all the way to the border of Ethiopia. No human foot will pass through it. No animal foot will pass through it. It will be uninhabited for 40 years. Yes, I will make the land of Egypt desolate, even when compared with other desolate countries, Likewise, their cities in comparison with other ruined cities, they will be desolate 40 years. I will scatter the Egyptians among the nations and disperse them through the countries. Well, this is what Adonai Elohim says. At the end of 40 years, I will gather the Egyptians from the peoples where they were scattered. I will restore the fortunes of Egypt and cause them to return to the land of their origin. Patros, but there they will be a humble kingdom, the humblest of kingdoms. They will never again dominate other nations. I will reduce them so that they never again rule over nations. Moreover, they will no longer be a source of confidence for Israel to turn to. Rather, it will only bring to mind their guilt in having turned to them before. Then they will know that I am Adonai, Elohim. On the first day of the first month of the 77th year, 27th year, the word of Adonai came to me. Human being Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babel, had his army mount a massive expedition against Azor. The loads of dirt they carried made every head bald and every shoulder raw. They neither, yet neither he nor his army derived any benefit from Tazor out of this expedition against it. Therefore Adonai Elohim says, I will give the land of Egypt to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babel. He will carry off its riches, take its spoil and its prey, and these will be the wages for his army. I am giving him the land of Egypt as his wages for all who worked, because they were working for me, says Adonai Elohim. When that day comes, I will cause power to return to the house of Israel, and I will enable you, Ezekiel, Ezekiel to open your mouth among them. They, then they will know that I am Adonai. And we have Revelation 6, 1 through 17 page 1538. Next, I watched as the Lamb broke the first of the seven seals, and I heard one of the four living beings say in a thundering voice, Go! I looked, and there in front of me was a white horse. Its rider had a bow and was given a crown, and he rode off as a conqueror to conquer. When he broke the second seal, I heard the second living being say, Go, another horse went out, 
a red one, and its rider was given the power to take peace away from the earth and make people slaughter each other. He was given a great sword. When he broke the third seal, I heard the third living being say, Go. I looked, and there in front of me was a black horse, and its rider held in his hand a pair of scales. Then I heard what sounded like a voice from among the four living beings say, Two pounds of wheat for a day's wages, six pounds of barley for the same price, but don't damage the oil or the wine. When he broke the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living being say, <coughs> Go! I looked, and there in front of me was a pallid, sickly-looking horse. Its rider's name was Death, and she all followed behind him. They were given authority to kill one quarter of the world by war, by famine, by plagues, and with wild animals of the earth. When the lamb broke the fish seal, I saw underneath the altar the souls of those who had been put to death for proclaiming the word of God, that is, for bearing witness. They cried out in a loud voice, Sovereign ruler, HaKadosh, the true one, how long will it be before you judge the people living on earth and avenge our blood? Each of them was given a white robe, and they were told to wait a little longer until the full number of their fellow servants should be reached, of their brothers who would be killed just as they had been. Then I watched as he broke the sixth seal, and there was a great earthquake. The sun turned black as sackcloth worn in mourning, and the full moon became blood red. The stars fell from heaven to earth, just as a fig tree drops its figs when shaken by a strong wind. The sky receded like a scroll being rolled up, and every mountain and island was moved from its place. Then the earth's kings, the rulers, the generals, the rich and the mighty, indeed everyone, slave and free, hid himself in caves and among the rocks and the mountains and said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of the one sitting on the throne and from the fury of the Lamb. For the great day of their fury has come, and who can stand? And then we go to 8, 8, 1 through nine twenty-one. When the Lamb broke the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for what seemed like half an hour. Then I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and they were given seven shofars. Another angel came and stood at the altar with a gold incense bowl, and he was given a large quantity of incense to add to the prayers of all God's people on the gold altar in front of the throne. The smoke of the incense went up with the prayers of God's people from the land of the angel before God. Then the angel took the incense bowl, filled it with fire from the altar, and threw it down onto the earth. And there followed peals of thunder, voices, flashes of lightning, and an earthquake. 
Now the seven angels with the seven shofars prepared to sound them. The first one sounded his shofar, and there came hail and fire mingled up with blood, and it was thrown down upon the earth. A third of the earth was burned up, a third of the trees were burned up, and all green grass was burned up. The second angel sounded his shofar, and what looked like an enormous blazing mountain was hurled into the sea. A third of the sea turned to blood, a third of the living creatures in the sea died, and a third of the ships were destroyed. The third angel sounded his shofar, and a great star, blazing like a torch, <clears throat> fell from the sky onto a third of the rivers and onto the springs of water. The name of the star was bitterness, and a third of the water became bitter, and many people died from the water that had been turned bitter. The fourth angel sounded his shofar, and a third of the sun was struck, also a third of the moon, and a third of the stars so that a third of them were darkened, the day had a third less light, and the night likewise. Then I looked, and I heard a lone eagle give a loud cry as it flew in mid-heaven. Woe, woe, woe to the people living on earth because of the remaining blasts from the three angels who have, not, who have yet to sound their shofar. The fifth angel sounded his shofar, and I saw a star that had fallen out of heaven onto the earth, and he was given the key to the shaft leading down to the abyss. He opened the shaft of the abyss, and there went up smoke from the shaft like the smoke of a huge furnace. The sun was darkened and the sky too by the smoke from the shaft. Then out of the smoke onto the earth came locusts, and they were given power like the power scorpions have on earth. They were instructed not to harm the grass on the earth, any green plant or any tree, but only the people who did not have the seal of God on their foreheads. The locusts were not allowed to kill them, only to inflict pain on them for five months, and the pain they caused was like the pain of a scorpion sting. In those days, people will seek death, but will not find it. They will long to die, but death will elude them. Now these locusts look like horses outfitted for that battle. On their heads were what looked like crowns of gold, and their faces were like human faces. They had hair like women's hair, and their teeth were like those of lions. Their chests were like iron breastplates, and the sound of their wings, the wings made, was like the roar of many horses and chariots rushing into battle. They had tails like those of scorpions with stings, and in their tails was their power to hurt people for five months. They had as king over them the angel of the abyss, whose name in Hebrew is Abandon, and in our language, destroyer. The first woe has passed, but there are still two woes to come. The sixth angel sounded his shofar, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the 
gold altar before God, saying to the sixth angel, the one with the shofar, release the four angels that are bound at the great river Euphrates, and they were released. These four angels have been kept ready for this moment, for this day and month and year, to kill a third of mankind. And the number of cavalry soldiers was 200 million. I heard the number. Here is how the horses looked in the vision. The riders had breastplates that were fire red, iris blue and sulfur yellow. The horses' heads were like lions' heads, and from their mouths issued fire, smoke, and sulfur. It was these three plagues that killed a third of mankind. The fire, smoke, and sulfur issuing from the horses' mouths. For the power of the horses was in their mouths and also in their tails. For their tails were like snakes with heads and with them they could cause injury. The rest of mankind, those who were not killed by these plagues, even then did not turn from what they had made with their own hands. They did not stop worshiping demons and idols made of gold, silver, bronze, stone, and wood, which cannot see or hear or walk. Nor did they turn from their murdering, their involvement with the occult and with drugs, their sexual immorality, or their stealing. My God, Father God, thank you, God, thank you, God, for this great parashah. Boy, it sure is appropriate in these times of devastation and loss. Oh, Lord, we pray that you will be with us and your people. We humble ourselves before you and beg that you will protect us and those that obey you. In the name of Yeshua, our Messiah, we pray. Amen. Amen.